Hello and welcome to Uber Cinco. This might be a little solemn, but 2020. The killing of Qasem Soleimani, Iran shoots down a Ukraine passenger plane, Australia suffers devastating wildfires that peak in January. The third impeachment in presidential history happens, horrible floods, hurricanes, volcanic eruptions claim lives across the globe. Deep political unrest in Hong Kong, India, and the United States signal a current of change is upon us. Kobe Bryant's passing, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Chadwick Boseman, Carol Baskin continues to walk free. Oh, and this worldwide pandemic that has undoubtedly changed our psyches, our communities, and continues to, to intensify at this moment. The anxiety induced by this and the election of 2020 has drained us all. So what do we do? What do we do now, folks? Well, it's Thanksgiving time and health officials vehemently discourage travel and large gatherings for the safety of us all. So here we sit with ourselves and perhaps a few other loved ones. And right now we need a break from the collective struggle, the collective sacrifice, the collective anxiety. So today we hit the pause button and celebrate the unimportantly imperative things we cherish just for you, the stuff that makes your life a little bit better. Today is the top five non-hashtag blessed things we're thankful for. So let's bring in our contestants. For this contestant, Christmas Eve is to Thanksgiving Day as Christmas is to Thanksgiving leftovers. The man with a plan to build the perfect pilgrim sandwich on Black Friday, it's Brian Ernst. Thank you, thank you. The only thing I have to say is Miracle Whip is better than mayo on your day after sandwich. That is all. Hallelujah. I didn't expect this to become a church service, but it just did. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and our second contestant is a preeminent professor on Turkey Day tradition, currently finishing his second doctorate on the origins of the ongoing national abuse of having to watch the Detroit Lions play football every Thanksgiving. Welcome our second contestant, Nathan Henenfent. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for this and thanks for everything. You are very welcome. All right. If you've listened to the show and or you're interested to hear something from your own brain, perhaps send in your suggestions and questions at bizbear.biz. Your ideas could end up right here on an episode with us. Guys, Thanksgiving is drawing near. Uh, what are your plans? Are people, are you guys staying in? Are you, are you doing a little bit of traveling to a very safe, small gathering? What's going on? I am doing absolutely goddamn nothing. I think <laughs> I think I might. I'll probably drink some beer, play some online poker, mm-hmm. watch the entire Oceans trilogy, followed by the entire Bourne trilogy, <laughs> followed by the original <laughs> Star Wars trilogy, followed by the Lord of the Rings extended edition trilogy, and never get out of my pajamas. Wow. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I think in previous episodes, you have mentioned the funk that uh, cures, if you will, uh, after a couple days in the pajamas. So I expect this one will be uh, similar to a Christmas funk. It's I'm going to smell terrible on Black Friday. <laughs> Absolutely That's- horrible. I'm hoping I'm hoping I set a new record for stench on Black Friday. <laughs> if I do, I'll know it's been a successful holiday. Those, uh, well, you know those videos of, um, of like, of like uh, wildebeest running across the plains, but there's like one lion, and they just kind of like they break like an ocean around the lion, and they keep running. That'll be Nathan in the middle is the lion. <laughs> as, I, as I as I go to to uh, Walmart to get my PS5, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's yeah. how I'm gonna stay safe from the the trampling hordes of the Black Friday <laughs> shopping. No one will come near me. 
Oh, that's great. Uh, Brian, how about you, sir? I think I might actually attempt to make a turkey myself this year. So go, I, I better go get a frozen one soon since it'll probably take this long to defrost. Uh, but uh, I might make a turkey just uh, for, for Jenny and I. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how Aww. that goes. Wow. I, I didn't I didn't know you've never made a turkey before. If you need any tips, you let me know. All right. Um, I'm your turkey man. So, um, OK, well, with that, uh, let's wake you guys um, out of the hibernation that you're in right now with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Staredown is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. Great, and as host, I'm entitled to uh, make a house rule today. So that's going to be inspired by the now common tradition of pardoning two turkeys every year at the White House. Now, I find this tradition to be very hokey and a little dumb, and that's why it's vital and I love it. So the person who (laughs) reveals the hokiest, ooey-gooey thing about something they love will snag a bonus of three points. But be careful, guys. I have a finely calibrated snood for baloney, so don't ooze the goo if it ain't true. All right. Uh, after our contestants present their top five non-blessed things they're thankful for, please ride all the way to the end of the road with us where I will submit my fast five send-off, which is top five turkey pardon prospects of 2020. Okay. Nathan, your hair is longer, but you are older than Brian, and you live closer to me. But we've known each other longer, so Brian, please remain patient as Nathan gives us his number five first. Top five non-blessed things you're thankful for. Gobble gobble, go. Sorry, I'm just I'm just right. Don't ooze the goo. It <laughs> ain't true. Yeah, want to remember that. Okay, I just like, that's a new T-shirt for us. Next to blow you to the moon. It's gonna be that <laughs> the two the two seem related in some way. I, I absolutely. <laughs> All right, my number five. This is a thing that I'm thankful for. And the reason I picked it is because I encountered somebody who was not thankful for it, and it pissed me the fuck off. Um, Mm -hmm. This is just simply the culture we live in for the last six or seven years is uh, the rideshare scenario has enveloped us in a way to get from place to place. And I remember I was overhearing a conversation. There was a woman on her cell phone. And... She was saying, yeah, my Uber was seven minutes late. And she went on she went on a rant about how her Uber was late and what an enormous mm-hmm. inconvenience this was. And I uh, I wanted to scream <laughs> that you you literally you wanted to be at a different physical location than where you were. Mm hmm. And you took a tiny item out of your pocket or purse or wherever you carry things. And you pressed one button. 
And then magically, out of nowhere, a complete stranger appeared at the exact place that you were standing and then took you to the exact place that you wanted to be. And that upset you. <laughs> like, how, how it, oh, seven minutes. Uh, mm, yeah. So anyways, I think it's pretty cool that you can do that. And I'm, I'm very thankful for it. I mean, it's a goddamn miracle. And we completely take it for granted now. And I, I have in the past driven rideshare. Uh, I have uh, driven for for Lyft. I have had drunk people puke in the back of my car. Amazing experience. Where we I sit. Had, where where you sit, oh. and you, where your wife sleeps, and your children play with their toys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, like a. Uh, um, Felicia Rashad was one of my my passengers. I believe I've told that story in a previous episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's rideshare is a goddamn miracle, and I, I've heard like I hear people complain about it. It's it's one of my favorite things is hearing people complain about modern conveniences that are an absolute. If you if you told like my if we traveled in time and we we went to see my dad when he was like in college and we we're like, hey dad, it's your future son. Let me tell you about rideshare. He would shit his pants like. <laughs> Nobody could foresee this happening, and it's a reality, and then people complain about it, so I wanted to get that off my chest, and I'm thankful for rideshares. It's a very nice convenience. So thank you to all you wonderful rideshare drivers out there for taking me uh, home from the bars when I am super drunk. Uh, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is a thing that has definitely, um, improved, uh, lives and communities all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, do you have any, any notes or retorts before I, I give my two cents? Well, I wrote down, I thought it was very fascinating. The first steps one and two for past dad are one, you have a son, two ride shares a thing. Yeah, so, we're not covering. We're not going to cover anything else. That's fine. I mean, this this makes a whole lot of sense. We're we're not going to. I'm not going to tell him not about 9/11. I'm going to no. let him experience that. You know, there's that's no way I can prepare the right for it. Thing to do. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, it's this goes for anything modern now too. Where a couple of the right touch of glass in the right place in the right sequence yields magical results across the board. So that same sequence can bring a pizza to your door. It could order you the plane tickets you need. It could do whatever, get you to the airport because of this ride share, all because of magic glass. So yeah. I think that would be a hard one to uh, to explain to, to past dad. But uh, yeah, he probably shit his pants. I, I, also, I also am not going to tell him about my older sister. So then when he finally, you know, my mother is pregnant and they're expecting their first child, he's going to think, oh, this is going to be that dude with the long hair who came and told me about rideshare. And then imagine his disappointment when my sister arrives. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Laurel. I know she's a regular listener. I apologize for that joke. Well, you know, I mean, I think uh, uh, as a lawyer wouldn't and he has another lawyer, doesn't he understand the um, that, you know, lawyers are lawyers are 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 snakes. Right. That's I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, <laughs> uh, the man uh, okay. just had his mind blown by ride sharing. And now you want to yeah. call him a future snake. Come on. Sorry. Uh, insert lawyer joke there. Um, I was going to mention I was re- recently listening to a podcast uh, about uh, the food industry in L.A. And without ride sharing, um, the the food industry there would have not have developed to its level and its quality that it has been. Because if you don't know, restaurants make the majority of their money off of liquor sales, which prior to ride sharing, 
people would only have like one drink in LA and then they'd go home because everyone had to drive. Um, and so now people can have three, four drinks or whatever, get, get plastered, have, have themselves a great time. And then more people get to uh, enjoy, uh, you know, selling rides as well. well. So it's, it's probably saved some lives if you think about absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, people it's are saved lives. It's yeah. it's probably saved at least four to five Hollywood careers as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Lindsay, if Lindsay Lohan had had Uber on her phone, you know, yeah. Well, we I don't need to finish that sentence. We all know where it's going. But yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we would have got Mean Girls two. Maybe we would have got maybe. Mean Girls three. Maybe Just we would have got Mean Girls four or mean five. Girls, mean Girls seven. Mission to Moscow. Or yeah, uh, <laughs> Mean Ladies. She's in college now. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Um, okay, that's a very nice one. Number five ride sharing. Brian, uh, push us forward, please. Here, what 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 are you thankful for? Sorry, mean ladies screenplay. Okay, number five. <laughs> That's my copyright. Copyright TM. Uh, Sorry, uh, I, I wrote it down first on paper. So see in a circle. See in a circle. See in a circle. All right. Uh, uh, number five. I have something that uh, that brings a a cheeky pleasure uh, to my morning routine. So I know Nathan is not a coffee guy. I am a coffee guy, but I don't consider myself a, a coffee snob in anything. I can enjoy um, any kind of the trash levels. water, trash water, or uh, what I, I like to consider myself the Homer Simpson of coffee drinkers, where I could be the upper, lower, middle class of, uh, of coffee drinking. Um, so I can drink the break the break room motor oil, or I appreciate the nice pour over from a hole in the wall uh, a barista stand. So I'm going to go ahead and say that now number five. Uh, non hashtag blessed thing to be thankful for is flavored coffee creamers. Um, cause these things just make my mornings better. So, uh, it's not every day that I drink from go get coffee elsewhere, but most days I'm drinking from, uh, my Keurig trips that they taste kind of bland sometimes, whatever cup you grab. So I'm thankful that whether I'm feeling a dab of hazelnut or maybe some French vanilla or a seasonal peppermint mocha, it's just that little thing that's able to spice up the suburban white mom in me that helps me just, hey, this is a good start of my day. I can go and get any flavor I want to change my morning routine. And that's you know what? that's a nice thing. And I like it. Wow, you're really uh, trying to really trying to ooze the goo here. I can tell. Um, I, I have to interject here. When I was 16 years old, uh-oh. I went to uh, some sort of like it was a challenge, some sort of academic challenge, where you uh, certain members of our high school we took different tests, and my science teacher, Mrs. Kirby, very lovely lady, uh, threw me into the deep end on something. It was like an astrophysics, whatever, something I had never studied. And I got like a 2% on the test. And I understood that more than whatever Brian just said about coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what's going on right now. Well, Um, (laughs) that'll that'll happen. Okay. Uh, A couple things here, Brian. Now, I do have, you know, you know, I'm going to have a bone to pick here. You know, know. I'm not just going to let this slide. I know. You used you used the word spice up your coffee. When the things you mentioned are not spices, they are sweeteners. You sweetened up the coffee, okay? So um, do not mislabel peppermint as a, a, a your, your peppermint mocha as a spice. I'm just, I'm, you know, saying that first off here. I'm pushing back against that. Um, and here's a question. Can you drink the coffee without the sweetness? For sure. It? Totally. 
Okay. This is just an option. I mean, it's like, what, it's like, oh, when I don't want the overly bland kind of coffee, I can drink something that's close to black coffee. I don't enjoy it as much, but I can. If I'm sure. out of milk or half and half, you got to do what you got to do. Sure. But uh, I remember there is a time uh, in college, you and I accidentally switched Starbucks cups. And you nearly, oh, and, yeah. and you nearly spit out my sugar water that I drank at that time. And <laughs> since then, I have reduced the amount of sweetness that is in my coffee immensely. I have yeah. transferred over from uh, probably in college, I would have done a simple syrup pour, two sugars in the raw, and then equal on top of that with some half and half to the point where it was almost white. That was my gross college. I didn't have the right taste buds for it. But like not eating tomatoes when I was a kid, I grew up. All right. Yeah. My tastes yeah. change. Now I like uh, two little stevia packets and a splash of half and half. And that's all I need. It's a lot less sweet than, than your equal or anything else. That is my new flavor profile. But yeah. if you can add a dash of a, a little bit of flavoring, a little bit of hazelnut, a little bit of this peppermint mocha, a little vanilla, why not? That there's not really adding sweetness, it's adding flavor. The ones that are over that have the flavor and the sweetener in it, I can't do. That's too much. Okay. So if I'm putting um, these in my coffee, I'm not adding sweetener to it. On the on the uh, uh, Nathan, uh, don't melt too fast. Oh there, bro. God! Oh my God! Yeah. So um, when I was 13, a guy with a like a size 12 shoe took his shoe and hit me in the balls. I would rather live through that than the last three minutes of my life. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Why are you such that's, a, that's a pansy? That is, that is getting a point deduction. That is I, uh, I, that is outside that is outside like the common decency rules of the game. Um I just I I have a, I have an emotional question for you, Brian. Yes. Of these flavors you mentioned, your hazelnut, your peppermint, or your or your vanilla, which one of those evokes an idea in your brain or or sends you to a happy place? And and what does that happy place look like? Uh, the peppermint mocha one because it's seasonal. It's just there's something about a nice hot cup of joe that has a little taste of Christmas that keeps me popping, and you can only get it this time of year. So I am the happiest coffee drinker in post Thanksgiving, pre New Year's. That's where my okay. my happy my happy life lives. Okay, um, that's that's a great number five. Thank you very much for that. Time for me to score this out. Um, Nathan, uh, you you were on your way to two solid points with that, but then you went outside the the, the laws of of, uh, of of Uber gentlemen. So I'm going to dock you. Uh, I'm going to dock you a point here. So I, I, he I accept I, I accept it because I just I have no idea what we you guys were talking about. It's just <laughs> different language to me. I, just, I know I know um, coffee is a mysterious thing, uh, but it's it's a delicious thing. So I highly encourage you uh, to to give it a shot one day uh, to realize just a little bit of half and half and a little bit of coffee together makes the perfect complement to a cookie, a slice of pie. Uh <laughs> I'm or a just... toast with butter and jam. You know, the, the simple things in life. That's what it's all about. You know, okay, I, I, let's, let's I go admit, on to number four. I admit that let's I go on to be... number four. Sorry. <clears throat> what? No, I, I, I admit that I may be the crazy one since the rest of the world seems to enjoy coffee. I just, I'm, I'm I the outsider and I, Nathan I, will survive I accept the ap- my role. I accept my role. Survive the okay. apocalypse when the belt of coffee beans dry up. Yeah. And Mitch and um. I twitch, twitch in for a fix. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we, uh, I'm, I'm going to go snake draft for the first two here. So, Brian, we're going back to you for number four. Give us your number four, sir. All right. So, my number four non-hashtag blessed thing to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a reclining sofa at a home theater setup. This is something I, I love it. It's just something just so nice that, especially in a year like this, to be able to put my feet up is a 4K TV, illuminates my retinas, and a surround sound rattles my sphincter. It's just a new kind of thanks I wasn't prepared for in the year 2020. So in 2020, a sofa purchase was my first real adult furniture purchase that actually came from a non-discount warehouse that was a full-on investment in my ass. It was something that I was there and prepared for. The last couch, the first couch I bought for my apartment, I haggled with the person at some discount warehouse and it was a pain in the ass. I had to go get a U-Haul to get it. No, 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 no. This investment in my ass was going to be made by me in which somebody brought this sofa to me, set it up and gave me my life back. So since installing it, I have enjoyed such things as the second season of The Mandalorian so far, digging through uh, an 80s thriller vault with Fatal Attraction, finally scarring myself after for a few weeks with watching The Haunting of Hill House, and of course, revisiting the Tom Cruise classics of Top Gun and every stunt from the Mission Impossibles. So the item I'm most thankful for in this setup, though, is not any of the tech aspect of it. It has to be the retractable center table and cup holder combo. So not only are my feet relaxed, my eyeballs and my ears entertained, this is the triple threat of being an armrest, a beer protection station, and a dirty plate holder that allows me to get through an end of an entertainment session without having to move. And I am hella thankful for that. Boom. Wow. I, okay, I'm, I, 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 I I regret ignoring all the financial advice that people have given me over the years because now I see the wisdom of investing in your ass. That, <laughs> yes, that's pretty inspiring. Thank you, thank you. I make uh, an investment in my ass once every four months in a tube of Preparation H, and I think myself <laughs> every night when I lay down to bed and I am cozy, comfy, and feeling confident. So. Um, did not think they yeah. would be this week's sponsor, but man, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a tube uh, with me right now, unfortunately. It's all but used I would. Up, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to. Uh, maybe next week we can try and get Preparation H. Raymond on the show and he can bring a box of, <laughs> of, uh, of tubes for us. That'd be great. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Oh. Yeah. He's got big ears and he gives out Preparation H. That's yeah, his thing. Any- Anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, just head to YouTube and uh, look up Preparation H. Raymond and sit back and relax. <laughs> um, Brian, I, um, I, I, I've, I've, I've sat on this couch. Yes, you have. It is comfy. Um, it has chargers on it. Um, yes. Didn't even mention that. What a plus. Yeah. Great plus there. Great plus there. Um, what did you do to your old couch? Did you burn it? Did you did you give it to a family of raccoons? Um, no, that just moved to the other side of the living room where you put the furniture that you are you're cycling out. Oh, so sure, sure. There was a bad love seat there that has now been since moved to the basement and replaced with uh, the old couch that is now the lounge couch. 
There because we go. there is no support in the middle, it makes this perfect little U-boat shape that's fantastic for sleeping in or laying down this way to watch TV as opposed to this way for people <laughs> who are watching. Um, so, so, so the hierarchy is you have the viewing the TV, then you have the side, then it goes to the basement, and then, assumably, the, the trash is next, right? Or that, that, or you, that's you, a life cycle? That or you put um, the Christmas decorations in boxes on top of that couch until that ah. couch completely deteriorates from either rats, mice, moths, what have you. That's, sure. that's, that's pretty much what happens. So uh, it's just kind of like the basement dump, we'll call it. The sad life cycle of the sofa. Oh, well, it is just full of farts. So (laughs) (laughs) what better ending than just disintegrating in a basement? (laughs) I was going to say I have slept on that U-shaped couch. And yes, I can confirm that. Uh, Nathan, (laughs) give us your number four, please. My number four is I'm thankful for all those those heroes out there. The unscrupulous individuals who put copyrighted material on YouTube, often Mm. under clandestine titles, but they're sneaking it in there. Because where would I have been without my 10-minute compilations of Ronaldinho scoring goals and and doing stepovers to house music from 2004? (laughs) Uh, All of my my British comedy skits that I get to see, um, you know, old, uh, old Conan episodes... Anything, anything that I, I could get my hands on, uh, you know, it, it was in the infancy of the Internet. It was it was so hard to to try and find. It was like, oh, did you see that one thing that was the thing that was the th-? and nobody ever, it, you know, you'd have to like wait till 1130 on uh, Wednesday night, two years from now before you could see it again. And then uh, mm-hmm. there are these people out there who just have no morals and they have no respect for uh, media professionals and their incomes and their families and the common decency to make sure that people who are doing hard work get paid. But they put that content out there and I get to watch it whenever I want <laughs> with no consequences whatsoever. I'm, I'm complicit in the illegal activity, but there will never be any legal consequences for it. And to those men and women out there in the YouTube streets who are <laughs> subjugated, <laughs> well, well, I salute them all. For the endless hours of entertainment I have had wow. for for absolute zero money, it has been a true pleasure. And I do have to make a confession here to both of you. Oh, no. Sure. I actually do subscribe to the uh, YouTube uh, whatever, so I don't watch ads anymore. And I've got to tell you, my life has improved by at least 7%. No ads on YouTube. Absolutely wow. unbelievable. Basically, all entertainment in human history is coming at me instantaneously and for free. Because people don't care about copyright laws, and it is really lovely. Um, I, I I have to say that there's a new advent of YouTuber out there who knows they know what kind of copyright can- talent, excuse me, copyright content people are going for. Uh, you know, matches and or games that just happened, and they often do that thing where like. Here are the Chicago Bulls highlights for Orlando Magic that just happened. You're like, oh, here it is. Great. And you click on it and then they're like, hi, my name is, you know, uh, Terry247. You're now going to sit and look at my commercial for three minutes. And you're like, oh, Terry247. Yeah. What <laughs> well, a dong. And then you, <laughs> and then you got to listen to him. 
there, so that's the, happened so there to me are, so many times. So many times. There, there are those people, and I want to make a, a very distinct line between the two groups. Is there are the ones who are mm-hmm. actually doing the hero's work of giving me what I want illegally and for free. Yes. And sure. then there are the the the, the Terry two four sevens, and the Terry two four sevens of Lord should obviously be hunted down and killed systematically. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is truly. One of the most frustrating things in life, it's like, oh, uh, Manchester United uh, 3-1 to Brighton and you click on it and then it's uh, it's a it's like a, a game from 2004 or or mm-hmm. it, or it's just like the opening lineups and and it always says in, in all caps, complete highlights and nothing. <laughs> yep. Never There's does. nothing complete yeah. about highlights. Yeah, <laughs> that's, Never that's actually a very good point. <laughs> Hi- highlights, by definition, are incomplete. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah. laughs> that's a, that is absolutely amazing. Uh, I know that uh, this is one of my favorite things too about YouTube as well because Nathan, uh, whenever we hang out, you often share great clips I've never seen before, uh, and you're always asking me, "Have you heard of this?" You know, British comedian, uh, you know, Gary Booger or whatever. I'm like, I'm not a booger guy yet. And you're like, you're not a booger guy yet. Let me show you Gary Booger. And then, you know, we go and watch Gary Booger's special from like 1982, you know, where like, you know, he's got like three trick dogs on the show. And then he does a whole set about canned tomatoes or whatever. Like, this is incredible. Um, Which special was that? Was that pick a winner or too hard? I bleed. It was too hard, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and yep. it's great one. Check it out, Gary Booger. Uh, I believe he's from Leeds. I don't remember exactly though. Could be from a uh, an out an outward town of London. Yes. But um, uh, I, I also wanted to mention though, this is a quick tip for the listeners at home. If you also want to go ad free on YouTube but not pay for it, download the browser called Brave. It automatically blocks all ads. I don't watch any ads on YouTube either for free. So. Oh, see, see, you are the exact sort of hero that I am thanking in this one. This, <laughs> yes, I didn't know right. that you are the exemplary of my number four. Thank you very much. Or, um, or part, Brian, or part any... of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but Brian, uh, <laughs> let's not. I'm, I'm not here to be debated. We're here to debate your ideas. So, uh, okay, fair enough. Brian. Any any follow up to that, or or would you like to move on to your number four? Uh, I, I totally agree that uh, every single opportunity you can get to remove ads from anything, I am so so for. I mean, the day I got Hulu without ads and YouTube without ads, it's just been fantastic. So I don't understand why Peacock thinks they're going to win <laughs> with ad supported television in the year of 2020. It doesn't make sense to me. So good luck, NBC. I wish you best. But uh, also that, that shit on Facebook where you watch like a video and it's like it's like maybe it's a comedian telling a joke and it's like, here comes the setup. Here comes the setup. Here comes the setup. You're ready for the punchline. Ad. Yeah. And- oh, that's 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 a that's a kind of evil that that Hitler wouldn't even have dreamed of. That it's, is It is torturous. true. And it's just like, have you ever noticed the people now, you can't monetize a video on Facebook unless it's over three minutes. So you have people who are like leading into a prank, but it's two minutes and 55 seconds of explanation of the setup of the prank to get you there. And just talking and talking and talking and talking, ad, then they show you the prank. And you're like, I, I hate everything. And this is what's going to happen with every single thing that's popular. So whoever bought TikTok for whatever, how many billions of dollars, it's just going to become the next thing that we monetize that young people will stop using and then move on to the next thing. It's just like 
Facebook was ruined by old people. Then Instagram will soon be ruined by old people. TikTok will be ruined by old people trying to make money. And then the next thing, flick flock will totally be ruined by people trying to make money. So, hey, oh, <laughs> I love I love that you're sitting and you know it. You know, you're sitting through two minutes and 55 seconds of setup for a prank. Yes, I know. And I, what are these prank videos you want? What prank is that good? There's I'm, no go I'm, do your own pranks. No. Go prank people in real life. We talked about this. I have a problem with scrollers. I'm talking to somebody <laughs> about it. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Yeah. Please, uh, don't give us two minutes and 55 seconds of setup. Just get right to your number four. You mean my three. Or your three. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, l- let me score this out. Number four. Nathan, uh, I love it. <laughs> YouTube, copyright. I'm there with you. Gary Booger, 1982. Gary Booger. <laughs> uh, too hard to believe. <laughs> Check it out. Three points for Nathan. Brian, you got two points there. Uh, Brian, give us your number three. All right. My number three. I will change this because I wrote about two minutes and 55 seconds of setup. So I'm going to go ahead and just tell you that my number three is wireless charging. So anything that makes my privileged life easier is always a joy. And there's always a struggle of having to find things in the dark. So let me set the scene for you guys. Have you ever fallen asleep, in my case, watching fail videos or Gary Booger or two, two minute 55 setups for pranks? Uh our Mitch and Nathan's case, I'm sure it's checking Manchester United scores or watching those highlights on, on YouTube and you have your phone in your hand and then you wake up three hours later and it's pitch black, but you know, you need juice to ensure that your alarm goes off in the morning and that you have what you need to get through the next day. So you guys are poor Android souls. I know that you had to deal with that micro USB cable for years before they upgraded to USB-C and that's one direction only. So trying to find that in the dark I know is tough. And for years on the Apple side, I had to deal with that freaking 30 pin connector that was only one way. And now I have that tiny little lightning thing that's so hard, you gotta get it lined up just right in the dark. No, this is why I put wireless charging as my number three, to be able to effortlessly flop your phone onto a disc on your nightstand in the dark is definitely something to be non-hashtag blessed about. And the possibilities it opens for the future, future ease. This is the tipping point for new non-necessary life additions. I already yell at a robot to adjust the temperature in my house. Imagine what a world will be like when she just simply knows what I'm thinking. Or imagine a world where there's so many cancerous electronic waves passing through the air that I don't even have to take anything out of my pockets to charge. My phone, my earbuds, uh, my pacemaker, my Wally-inspired floating chair. It all just charges all the time while I'm doing nothing. That's the dream, and wireless charging almost gets me there. It is the beginning, not the end. Wireless charging. Wow. Um, hmm. I, you know, <laughs> you just, honestly, you just depressed me a little bit. You just depressed me a little bit. And I don't know what to say. Like, you know, I, I, I tried the wireless, the wireless charging for a little bit. I had a base, but it just, I don't know what it was. Like it got hot and I was worried that it would like explode into flames. And well, that's all right that you guys chose the like less superior form of technology to use as your mobile device. That's Okay. I prefer to use the over expensive model that gets the same features your has three years later. That's my choice. So 
It doesn't get hot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, you know, I just, you know, this whole problem was created because you fell asleep in the dark and didn't want to turn a light on. Is that what it was? You couldn't turn. You, you, you're ex- you couldn't you're lay there and go, me. Alexa, turn a light on. And then you'd be able to see where it was. So this problem originated before Alexa was part of my life. So you're you're imagining a world where yeah. I have to get up in the middle of the night, turn <laughs> on a light just to find my charger for my phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of world do you think I live in? Does your charger not sit in the same outlet at all times? It falls. So sometimes you got to search around for it. The cable falls off the thing. My outlets are old. They're on the floor. So I have like extension cables to get the thing to where it needs to be for the nightstand. Sometimes you just fall asleep and the cable just fell behind the nightstand. And I need to make my sleepy times easier for me because I am a growing boy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, What what are the things besides uh, personal electronics would you love to have wireless charging on? Ooh, wireless charging. I would like to have, well, obviously a car one day. That would be nice just to have a park it in your garage and it just charges without you having to do anything. That is the, that's my first instinct as well. Like how incredible yeah. would that be? And I, that's yep. got it. And 10 years from now, I bet we have it. And that's just it. They were thinking like, if you can install something in your garage that you can plug in, why couldn't they install something that's very similar to just the wireless charging dock for your phone that just sits on the floor of your garage probably because then when you do that your children will have eight legs but uh no it, no 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 no. it will charge the lights in their shoes so toy, uh toys r us sorry you're gone uh 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 pay less oh shit sorry you're gone amazon give me a call I'll figure out how to make kids shoes light up with the chargers in the garage <laughs> Oh, that's that. That is an excellent answer. I think. Uh, I think mine would be. I'd love to have a, an electric scooter that charges uh, wirelessly because I love to scoot. Um, scootering. You're, you're is one of the fun. great. You're one of the great scooters. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've always said that much. about you. I appreciate I've, I've, that. I've seen you scoot. It's poetry in motion. You <laughs> yeah, scoot with I the love, best of them. I love. I love making it look like I'm. I'm on a wave and I'm surfing on the ocean. You know. But guess what? I'm just scooting down uh, Addison. You know, street. So. I, I like the view, but it's so sad to see you go. Well, hey, you know what? That's that's very nice of you to say. You made me feel better just now. Um, wireless charging number three. That's a good one. Nathan. <laughs> yes. Give us your number three. Okay. Uh, my number three, I'm thankful for being tall. I'm a tall guy. I'm six oh. foot three. I'm six foot three, guys. I'm tall. Woo. Yeah. How yeah. fucking great Woo. is that? I, I had no choice in the matter. It just happened. Gradually, over many years, I became a six foot three individual. It was very helpful in my basketball career. That was pretty cool. Uh, it commands respect. People think I'm stronger than I am. I'm actually quite a physically weak individual, but people <laughs> assume that I'm stronger than yeah. I am because you know, they look up to me. I've you know, I Literally. can, I can, and uh, I have, I have a deep voice too. I can do this mm-hmm. and be tall, and people think that I'm some sort of tough guy, which I absolutely am not. Uh, yeah, women, women seem to to like tall people for whatever reason. That's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, probably the the best thing is I'm a I'm a music guy. I love going to concerts. I love going to shows, and general admission concerts. If you're short. Jesus H Christ, what a nightmare that must be. If you're standing if you're standing behind me 
you're fucked. It's over. Like you, you can't see yeah. anything. I can see everything. No matter where I'm at, I can see the show from any angle. You can put me in the worst seat in the house. You can put me in the front row. I see it all. It's wonderful. Yep. Uh, also, just the delicious, wonderful feeling of importance when somebody asks me to, to get something off the top shelf. I just, you know, go, go gadget arms. Boom. There it is. Here you go. Oh, where would you be without me? You'd be jumping up and down pathetically trying to reach the thing. But here I am, the superhero with the long arms and the long legs and gangly ass motherfucker. And I can reach it from the top shelf. And it's mm-hmm. it, it feels great every time. Only drawback. And you gentlemen are all, also both tall individuals. So you will know what the one drawback is about being tall. Airplanes. Mm. when you're Uh, sitting in an airplane and your knees are in your teeth that sucks but that's the price we pay for all the other benefits so i like being tall it's pretty cool and uh, i'm very thankful for it on this day and every day yeah my the 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 physical trait i rue the most while on a plane is my uh, broad shoulders and husky frame uh that you know when when you're when you're like boxing people out you know just automatically with your shoulders i feel bad and then i'm also cramped so i get that um yeah it's nathan is, is there anything about being tall while in quarantine that you've uh that you've noticed either being a positive or a negative uh, well uh <laughs> yes there's one negative and that yep. is my poor couch uh, <laughs> one of one of the cushions here, and it's 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 right over here. Right? You, you can't see it on camera, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the couches, it, the cushion is like the, the cushion is like attached to the, the back of the couch. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. It's coming undone because I lay on the couch a lot during quarantine because mm-hmm. that's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. And my legs are too long for the couch. So I have to, mm-hmm. you know, lift them up and rest them on the side of the thing. And I've been doing that so much. The the couch is the cushion has become unattached and there is stuffing pulling <laughs> like shifting out of the, the the structure. And so this couch, the resale value has gone down significantly. And if I was a smaller man, uh I probably I would have been curled up in the fetal position quite comfortably on the couch. Alas, that is not the hand I was dealt in life. So, you know, I'm feeling the burn there. But overall, I still I still accept my tallness with pride and much pleasure that's uh that's wonderful um you're, you're you're feeling the burn uh but you'll reluctantly go with joe i get that uh that's the number threes um brian i'm gonna brian i i i was thinking about wally before you ever said it and then you said it and it depressed me <laughs> and but like but also i get it because uh, there, there's a part of me that is stubborn and says, I don't need wireless charging, but I know it would be nice to, to just plop it because I always go to bed after Danny and it's dark in the room and I can't turn on a light. Um, I have gotten very good at finding my charger in, in, in the dark though, but I get that. I was going to give you one, but then now after, I, after thinking about it a little bit and putting myself in your shoes, I understand you a little better. This is the time for thanks and for understanding for family. So that's two points for you. Nathan, I'm giving you two points as well. Um, thank you for that little story about the couch. Now we're going to go back to Brian for his number two. Give it to us, buddy boy. My number two is the home office. So this is, ooh, the home office. Love it. The home office. So 
Having a place that is mine has always tried to, I've always tried to make that a necessity. So for years living at home, I attempted to make my nine by 10 bedroom that I had been in most of my life, the ideal living space. And then I outgrew that. So I'm like, I'm going to be cool. I'm a teenager now. I'm going to try the basement for a while. And then Mm. the morning trips to the second floor bathroom that became replaced with the nearest Gatorade bottle. I knew it was now time to take another chance (laughs) at the room. So go back up to the room, but now it's cramped. I had a, a desktop computer, hard drives, guitars, amps, camera bags, a TV on an entertainment center, a bed, my clothes, and a closet filled with unused board games and artwork from the third grade. I was outgrowing this space. So my first apartment was a taste of this space of freedom in which I actually had a dining room that kind of made itself a makeshift office. And I was like, oh, I finally have a place for the computer. I can go work from home. I can do things here, finally. So um, I filled all the shit in that place with it's where it's supposed to be. So I can compartmentalize everything into the right place. But now that I happen to be squatting in a house, I have my own home office that is spoiling the hell out of me. So I can paint what I want. I can hang what I want. I can do whatever I want in here, hide things that don't make sense in the living room, put things that don't need to be put in storage. That's easy access to all this stuff. So it's nice to have a place for work and play. And this is, I know, a luxury, especially since... um, don't have kids and we're lucky enough to be here at all. But now that I've had a taste that I've had a taste of the home office, I want it forever. And Mm. we're always trying to hopefully save for something down the road that we would like now in my saving for a home for when I'm older and can afford it, that I have to have a budget now for an extra bedroom on top of anything that I need. So this has spoiled me for life and mm-hmm. I know I'll probably not get it again, but hey, it's nice to dream, right? So hopefully I will continue to have a home office for the rest of my life. But I also realize that that's a little greedy, a little selfish, but dang it, I am non-hashtag blessed, thankful for it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'd say this is uh, this is the epitome of the of the the wonderful uh, privileges to have. Um, I wish I had my own Jack Shack as well. That'd be great. Um, but uh, I, I believe that the official term is masturbatorium. Oh, masturbatorium! <laughs> yes, uh, pound cave. Um, what else? Um, uh, uh, the rub closet. Um, uh, what else? Mm, That's where I kill mm-hmm. people, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> the baby kitchen. No, um, gross. Okay, oh, um, gross. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, uh, and. <laughs> Uh, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll edit that one, that one out off of the live stream here. Um, no, we know. Cause the only one who's tuned in right now is my mom. So thanks, Mitch. Hey, <laughs> hello to Karen. <laughs> hey, Karen. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is, this is great, Brian. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of you. I, I would, I'm very jealous to not have my own space necessarily. I have to make my own, uh, clandestine little, uh, spaces on the floor. If you know what I mean? And, um, and I would love I, I I forever forever have a challenge of finding a quiet place to work on a computer to write because right now the place where I have to work is at the dining room table, and my girlfriend is also in the same room. So like it's hard for me to 
I need my own space. So I too am looking forward to, uh, uh, my own, my own little private, uh, desk area as well. Um, what's one thing that you, that you find about your home office that you, that you leave in there? Is it like full of coffee mugs? Um, are there wrappers around? What's the, what's the, what's the thing you're always like trying to, uh, clean up out of your home office? Nathan, cover your ears. Coffee oh, cups. Oh no. I have coffee oh, cups God. everywhere all the time. Okay. And then it comes that time, maybe about a week or so after they've started to collect, I have to do the, uh, I pretend I'm like an Oktoberfest waitress and I got to kind of hold all the handles <laughs> and make myself <laughs> down to the, the kitchen so I can watch them all. Uh, so yeah, that is usually the, the move I have to do. And I also try wow. not to keep a garbage can in here because if there is, I'll bring things in here that need to be thrown away. Mm, so smart. cups are easy. I can just bring those down. But like if I have a disposable yeah. cup, I am now forced to remove it out of here to throw it away because yeah, now I try not to eat up here because then I'll just leave a plate and put it in a garbage can that will never get emptied and be gross. So try to avoid that. That is called a life hack. Very smart. Also, mm. uh, back in uh, my early 20s, I lived with a roommate. His name is Steve Moore. Uh, and he um, didn't do the dishes. And so my life hack was I'll just take away a bunch of the dishes and hide them so he can't have – he can't use all the dishes and then are forced to do more dishes. Smart. It worked that. for like a week and then he found the dishes <laughs> <laughs> and then he was mad at me and understandably. And it was perhaps a crazy thing for me to do, but I was running out of options because uh, I was because Steve wouldn't do the dishes. So that's um, I, I hadn't heard this story before. And this is this is this was the best moment of 2020 for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have often thought about trying to do that on myself. I'm like, there's two of yeah. us here. Why don't we just have two coffee cups? There's no need for any more coffee cups yeah but you should absolutely do that but i like having different coffee cups okay have max six cups that's all you need you only need like five plates six cups you know eight forks it, you're right i'm not yeah. gonna argue but my brain <laughs> doesn't think that way <laughs> i know i know i know uh okay you only uh, need max that's six cups that's gonna be in the back <laughs> of my head forever um i keep I keep, there's like four mugs to drink out of and the rest hang on the wall and they look nice. You know, they look fun. I mean, to um, be fair, I have three coffee cups and as, as has been discussed on this episode, I don't drink coffee. So <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's forgivable to have an excessive amount of coffee cups. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, do, do you need like 12 um, aperitif glasses though? You know, probably not, uh, unless you're having a lot of aperitif parties. Um, but who is if I knew if I knew what aperitif was, I probably <laughs> would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, an aperitif is a nice light uh, liqueur or drink you have prior to dessert as a uh, appetizer kind of thing, if you will. But is uh, that right after you have your ricotta and and uh, green olive pizza? Or? <laughs> no, because it comes before the meal, as I just stated. So um, ears open, okay, and eyes on me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, Brian, that's a very nice number two. Nathan, give us your number two, please. <laughs> Don't you ever say that's a nice number two to me again. <laughs> oh, I wish I wasn't 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> Brian, you're so good at number twos. Good job, buddy. My, my uh, number two is living in a culture where people fight over who gets to pick up the check. And this was... This is particularly this, it, 
you know, I mean, this is a common thing. Everybody, you know, it's like uh, the bill comes. It's like, oh, we got this. No, no, we got this. We got, you know, but in my family, this was huge when I was a kid. It was, uh, you know, I'd be like six or seven years old and uh, my aunts and uncles and my parents, we'd, we'd all be out at whatever. And then the bill would come and and my dad would jump up. He's like, we got this. And then they'd be like, no, 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 we've got it. We've got it. And it would go on for 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 hours at a time it seemed like and my my <laughs> grandfather so we we uh my family has a tradition of we go to starved rock state park and we stay at the lodge and there's a, a big sunday uh brunch thing that they do and it's a very wonderful experience for our family every year uh pre-covid obviously but my my grandfather a couple times did a very smooth thing where he would he would go pay for everything ahead of time and, mm. and secretly nice. in a, cl- a clandestine fashion. Nice. And then, and then all everybody else in the family would be, they'd be, you know, ready to look generous and like, Oh, we're going to pay for this. I'm going to make the move. And then it was like, grandpa was like, <laughs> already did it. Fuck you. And uh, that was always fun. Um, but it, it was, it was like this game of chess was being played out where it was like, no, I no. Well, you got the last time, so I'm getting it this time. You got whatever. And as a, as a seven year old, I, I sat there thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, I know how to win this game. So here's what you do. This is like there there's a there's actually a four move chess strategy if you're playing against a beginner. And uh, after watching the Queen's Gambit, I did play some uh, some online chess this week. And so like the ratings they talk about there is like 1800 is like a very very good amateur level, and 2800 is like a master. I can confidently tell you that I am a three, um, but <laughs> but the move I found out in the in the, the the check game is first thing you do is you say, "Well, we've got this," and then somebody else will say, "No, no, no, we've got it," and then you say, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't pay you, you don't pay for dinner, and yeah. uh, that's that's how that's how you win. And so I'm very thankful that. That this is a this is a thing people like to you know and eventually people end up splitting the check you know that's that happens quite commonly maybe it's a first date maybe it's it's you know a double date you're out with two couples or whatever and you end up splitting the check but you don't have to if you just play that move at the beginning and uh, yeah free dinner they say there's no such thing as a free meal I'm here to tell you there absolutely is. <laughs> Have you ever done the move where you're in this position and you know this game's going to be played, so you just reach for your wallet extra slowly? You're like, you're, 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 <laughs> yeah. you're making the attempt, and then you get to say, ah, oh, you beat me to it. Ah, yeah. That's my yep. equivalent of going, all right. <laughs> so there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a great Mitch Hedberg joke, and I'm, I'm probably going to misquote it, but the gist of it is, um, he's like, whenever I'm out to dinner with somebody and they say, I've got the, uh, yeah, I've got the check. He's like, I always reach for my wallet because inside I have a little card that says, say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. I, I another uh, an audible I like to pull when if uh, if you know it goes back and forth I got it I got it you finally go okay you, you were too nice oh my god oh, just, oh. <laughs> and then on your way home the next day maybe you get like you know a little thank you note or whatever you send it to them through the mail it you know that costs you maybe two bucks if that and then they're like what an incredibly nice person they sent a thank you note <laughs> and then they just shower you with praise or whatever you know um that's that's also a great move um this is an amazing number two um i also watched my my parents and family everyone does this and um 
it's especially, uh, I would say, a horrific situation in the Midwest where it becomes <laughs> embarrassing to a point yeah. where you're yeah. like, holy fuck, just someone fucking pay, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, it's been me and my brother have gotten up from the table and been like, we'll see you in the car. Like, as if we're <laughs> the parents, like, we will see you in the car uh, and just leave. And then my parents are like, what? Why'd you guys store out? I'm like, because you were embarrassing. <laughs> like, just. Let someone pay. We'll see them again. You can pay them back. <laughs> and have you ever seen when people get angry because they pulled your grandpa's trick? Like, how yeah. dare you sneak up and pay? We were going to pay. And then there's just anger for getting a free meal. I don't understand the credit card flex that needs to happen, especially in the Midwest with trying yeah. to pay the damn bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, just a couple years back, I was uh, at a family wedding in Philadelphia area with my girlfriend and her family and, uh, her, her, uh, her parents are always like, you know, they're like, no, 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 whatever. And, but the one time I thought I got him, I was like, I'm going to go to the restroom. I went to the restroom and on the way I, I got our, our waitress and I said, hi, take this card, please do not let that guy over there pay do not let the or or the woman pay. Don't let either of them pay. I am paying for this. Okay. She's like, okay, great. End of the meal comes. I'm satisfied. I, we've had a great, a great, some great beers, some great food. I'm happy. I'm, I'm like expecting the check to come right to me. The waitress comes up with the check with the leather, the leather billfold. I'm like, here we go. And she hands it to to, to Dave, Danny's dad, and then gives me my card back. And I was gobsmacked. And I wanted to yell like, what the fuck? You're like, just one. And he and and I'm like, what happened? And she looks at me, she goes, he tipped higher. Oh, wow. Like, what a what a baller move. Wow. And I tipped 20%. I wasn't like 8%. I was like normal tip. And I, you know, wow. and so that's, this waitress. That's a good move. So uh, so a move to all the waiters and wait waitresses out there. Play, play this game. You know, yeah, get yourself a bigger sure. tip. Yeah, I, people I, take, off each I, other. I take my hat off to this server because I, this is also the worst part of this game that these that all these families are, are playing or whatever is you're putting the server who's just out there trying to make an honest living. You're putting them in the, the middle ground of this family warfare. And like, it's just unfair to those people like yeah. that they have to like. It's like they're, you know, they got two people trying to, it's, you know, how do they make a decision? Like all of a sudden they're the arbiter of, of this. Like they have no idea. It's wow. That was, I got to tell you what, what's uh what is, what's Danny's dad's name again? Dave. Dave. Well, I think yeah. we all have a lot to learn from Dave because that was <laughs> yeah. one Machiavellian move. Yeah. Dave is, Dave is the man. Dave's uh yeah. Dave, Dave has some moves. So um also uh in his, uh, I don't know, it was, I think he's 62, 63. Last time, last Christmas, he he came out and balled with us on the blacktop. Hadn't played in like over a decade, and he ran the pick and roll game with me. Like we'd been doing it for years together. It was amazing. So shout out to Dave uh, for the hoops. Um, and and the, the, the I know I know uh, I digress. Let's get to the number ones. Um, you know what? I'm feeling saucy. I'm gonna mix it up. Nathan, you gave us that that, that delicious. Uh, 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 splitting the check uh, number two, which actually I give you three points for that. Brian, you scored two points every single round, so you got another two points uh, for your home office. Um, Nathan, give us your number one, please. All right. I am thankful every single day, but especially on Thanksgiving Day, for being a white American male. 
Because <laughs> I gotta tell you, it is fucking oh, cake. It oh is boy. Oh easy boy. Easy breezy. It is just it is just coasting down the water slide, gentlemen. And you know what I'm talking about because you are white American males as well. There is no problem. I am? It is wow. there is so as as I scarcely mention every five minutes. Uh, I used to live in London. I lived in London for three years and went to grad school there. And I tell people this and they say, oh, that's amazing. And I, what I don't say, but I should is, oh, that's that's the bare minimum because I'm a white American male. Like that is that is the least I could do like that. That took that should take no effort is to go live in a different country. For three, because do you know what 12 white American males have done? They walked on the goddamn moon. <laughs> like that is <laughs> that is what you can do if you're a white American male. You can actually walk on the moon. Nobody else has done that. And I you know there's there's arguments about like reverse racism or like, you know, can can you be racist against white people and that's a very huge academic conversation. And I will tell you this. If somebody in your demographic has set foot on another celestial body, you are not oppressed. <laughs> Things are going okay for you. You have no excuse. Literally, somebody who looks like you and has all the privileges that you have literally walked on the moon, that object that for thousands of years we thought was a god, and then someone like you set foot on it, then you you just can't complain. And I mean, I, I love to complain, but I have no right to because I am <laughs> a white American male. Not like, I yeah, it's a... Uh, it's it's and you know because of this topic i am allowed to take this moment to just say out loud that yeah i'm thankful for that because yeah life's been pretty easy because of that fact i'm very sorry for everybody else that people like me have made it hard for people who aren't like me forever all through the history of time but hey it's been a breeze and uh, i'm just coasting by <laughs> So there you go. That's my number one most cynical thing I could possibly be thankful for. You win. (laughs) I I thought about this the other day because I was looking through Jordan Peele's catalog of whatever movies he's got on the docket. And I feel like he is the only person alive that could tackle a genre, a movie that I have never seen before that I would like to see. I want to see a black time travel movie and you can't get that because how horrible everything has been for black people forever. So I feel like there is an interesting way of taking this sci-fi approach with systemic horrific racism and slavery and put the spin on it that like kind of has them take back history that I think would be very, very cool. That is, that's super interesting because yeah, like it's, yeah, if you take me, the white American male, and you drop me at any point in history, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But, yeah, you know, it, uh, for any other demographic, like there's so many risky, like there's going to be oppression in some way Correct. that they're going to face no matter where and when you, you place them. And I know Jordan Peele, longtime listener, first time caller of the show, is going to take <laughs> this on and, and do something great with it. So we don't want anything. We don't want anything for it. We just want to see it. We just want to see it. All right. We're sorry. We're sorry. We will buy the movie tickets to see it. We promise. Well, we will. We will watch it for free on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) 
No. I do want. I I I, I, I do want my full fee though to to produce mean ladies. Uh, <laughs> that's that's non negotiable. Um. Wow, Nathan. I mean, you you really hit the nail on the head here, and I think that also during this time of Thanksgiving, the way our country started, you know, us storming in, um, being being kept alive during that first brutal winter by um, the Native Americans, and then um, turning around and you know uh, committing a number of uh, horrible acts. It's a good time to reflect uh, on our on our on our whiteness and our and our history here. Um, and uh, so I, I, I applaud your bravery uh, for, <laughs> oh. for, for listening to this. As you know, well. I, I so. don't like to call myself a hero. <laughs> sure. And just to jump on this a little bit, like everyone's telling <laughs> us to, to stay home because of COVID this year for Thanksgiving. What is more reflective of Thanksgiving mm. than going to another person's dinner with a disease and infecting them purposefully in order <laughs> oh to make God. gains? Like maybe we're just not celebrating this the right way. <laughs> Because it truly is historically what us white, soon to be American at that point, males have done to ruin everything. We are the worst people to invite to a party. Yeah, man. uh, Please keep listening to the podcast, you guys. Uh, So... Um, yeah, uh, Brian, Brian, can you, uh, bring us, bring us on home here with your, with your number one? You made a huge mistake letting Nathan go first, cause this is going to be small potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Uh, it's a great joke. My number one here is having meat for dinner and keeping the bigger hunk for myself when preparing a dinner for two. So Aww. this is whether well, I'm making chicken or pork chops or whatever, I'm cooking these bad boys right and I'm spending a lot of time on them and I'm going to eat them. And I know I am making this dinner for me and for someone else, but especially when this meat is ribeye. I, mm. I am observing the piece before it's cooked. I am watching it render down that fat. And then I'm watching what the finished one looks like before I make my choice on which one I'm eating over the one I'm giving to my partner. Because I am selfish. I want the big piece of meat. And I know she's not going to eat it all. So I might as well just just get it. Because, you know, like (laughs) I I bought it and I'm making it. So like I get the big piece of meat. That's that's. That's my number mm-hmm. one because I've spent the most time. I felt like we've we've generated a bond between this mm-hmm. hunk of hunk of steak and myself. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I know it's selfish, but I am hashed uh, non hashtag blessed to be thankful for it because I'm the one selfishly picking the big piece of meat for myself in a privileged environment where I actually have that meat and I'm going to enjoy that meat on my terms. You know, this is keeping uh, in in close lockstep with one of the oldest natural laws ever, which is, of course, buyers keepers. Um, so, <laughs> yes. I so I understand. I'm curious. Does this um, this inclination uh, in in your in your in your stomach or or your cook's brain does it carry over to when you're say cutting brownies for you two or making cookies? Do you often make yourself the larger portion or take more for yourself? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I do this all the time. I, I, I am selfish when it comes to it comes to the food. I, I know it's there. I know it's wrong. Interesting. 
but I'm thankful that I'm in a position as, as the lead chef in the household to, to make these calls for myself. So, uh, sorry, not sorry. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, yeah, too bad. So sad. I, you know, I do, I imagine, uh, general grant back in the day, um, you know, (laughs) deciding, do I give the good whiskey to my men or do I keep it for myself? And then, you know, a a simple taste. Yes. I'm taking all three bottles for myself. Thank you very much. Um, this will fuel me for, he's he's got a lead. He's got a lead. So yeah. General, general grant, uh, when people complained to president Lincoln about grant's whiskey drinking and grant was the only general who was getting shit done. Uh, they complained to Lincoln, General Grant's always drunk on whiskey. And Lincoln telegrammed back, find out what kind of whiskey he's drinking, so I'll send it to the rest of my generals. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 classic American war fuel whiskey. War um, fuel. That's absolutely true. Um, Nathan, do, do you have any comments on, on, uh, on Brian's uh, black chef heart here, uh, keeping things for himself? Uh, no, I, I think if, if you do the work, then I, I mean, I, I believe that the what you have created in the kitchen is rightfully yours and you are just giving a gift to everybody else and they should respect that. So if you want to keep anything for yourself, that is your white American male privilege to do so. <laughs> We're heartless here this week, folks. Heartless. <laughs> And that are uh, those are the number ones here for top five non hashtag blessed things you are thankful for. Um, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna need to tabulate scores here. Um, so I'm gonna give you guys a topic to chat about. Um, uh, when was the last time you were truly scared during a meal? Go scared during a meal. Oh my God. Have I ever been terrified during a meal? I live my life in a perpetual state of fear. So that it helps. could have been any, but any time that I cook, I'm always paranoid. I did something wrong and I'm going to poison myself. So <laughs> anytime. I, I don't think it's, it's something that's been in my, uh, I've had a fear and a direct result to, but I've definitely kept myself from trying certain things in the kitchen because of a fear. Like I've never canned anything. Because I know I'll create botulism. You've like, never canned anything. No, never canned. Because you're, because you're not my great-grandmother. That's, I've never, yeah, pickled <laughs> or bottled or made jams or whatever. Because I'm like, I'm going to mess this up. I know it's just boiling and paying attention. But I'm not going to do it because I'm not eating something three months later off the shelf that I prepared. I will trust others <laughs> over myself for this. Okay, and our scores have pickled, and uh, <laughs> the original score was 11 to 10 in Nathan's favor. And Nathan, your mention of the check splitting and telling us that nice story about your grandfather made me feel ooey gooey. So you're getting the three bonus points for a commanding victory today, 14 to 10 over Brian Ernst. And now, folks, uh, it is time for the Fast Five. Now, this is inspired by the NBA draft that just occurred this past week where my beloved Timberwolves had the first selection and they took Anthony Edwards, number one. So we'll be in the finals within two seasons or less, probably. Asterix, don't hold me to it, but yeah, hope, hope to God. Here we go. My fast five, top five turkey pardon prospects of 2020. Here we go. 
Number five is Stefina T. Gobbleman. This bird comes from an impressive line of fowl. Born to Cornell Drumstick Gobbleman and Briny Fry Gobbleman, Nay Flapperstein, in a suburb of Richmond, Virginia. This bird was top of her flock at Rockwell Country Day, where she achieved high marks in plumpness, feathering, and gobble carry. She now works in PR for Martha Stewart Living Magazine. Number four on the big board is Flyer Moist the Third. His grandfather was spared at the great pardoning of 2006 by then Commander in chief George W. Bush. He shares a similar fiery temperament to his grandfather, as was on display when Bush attempted to get, excuse me, when Bush attempted to pet his granddaddy. He'd love to one day reach the treetops, but if not, he's perfectly happy being the cock of the walk in his turkey barn while sporting his considerably sized snood just over five inches. A real pedigree here, folks, but perhaps a little too much smoke has been blown up this bird's backside. Number three on my big board turkey pardon prospects is is Carlo Rossi. He's the last offspring of the 2013 runner-up pair of pardon prospects, Booze and More Booze. Carlo Rossi comes in with a ne'er-do-well attitude, folks. Banking on his ability to have a great time, Rossi is hoping his personality and custom turkey sunglasses he got made for him by Warby Parker's new foul line will be enough to punch his ticket for a spot at Wilson's Turkey Reserve in Knollcrest, Virginia. Look for Carlo Rossi to attempt blackout Wednesday coercion on the decision-makers. His secret weapon, he says, after all the wine is gone, shots of wild turkey. Boy, is that on the snood. <laughs> Number two in the turkey pardon prospect rankings, of course, is pumpkin pea cranberry. Yes, that pumpkin pea. And don't ask what the pea stands for. Another high-level, blue-blooded, Thanksgiving royalty pedigree with this prospect. Pumpkin is incredibly sensitive about his middle initial and really, really don't ask about it. Please don't. The militantly secretive <laughs> pumpkin pea has a team of handlers that have shaped his image and delivered him to this crucial stage in his gobbling career. Previously considered just a pop star turkey, Pumpkin P. Again, do not ask what it stands for. Pumpkin has moved into a more relaxed retro era with his music and is really trying to blow the turkey stand, if you will, and get out of the crosshairs of the mainstream American public. He's disavowed his 2018 release, Brining and Banging, in a large swing towards a more conservative mindset. This pardon prospect has created a lot of headlines for the public to gobble up. Okay, <laughs> and number one on Mitch Brinkman's big board of turkey pardon prospects is the consensus number one pick. The GOAT himself, the future Butterball Roastington. The consensus number one pick in this year's rankings, Butterball Roastington Butter, to his close toms, was raised deep in the heart of turkey country in Todd County, Minnesota. Measuring in at 48 inches tall, 7.5 inch talons with a wingspan of 63 inches, this turkey just won't quit. He still holds the Minnesota State domestic turkey flight record of 2.7 seconds. His inner cavity is estimated to fit two loaves worth of stuffing, Wow, this Tom is dripping with potential. Delicious butter-bathed potential. Recruited to all the top farms before reaching puberty, turkey scouts could see the potential in his snood. Roastington boasts breasts that could feed an entire offensive line. Hopefully, he'll be chosen to live at his days in Nolcrest, working to set every geriatric turkey record and sight. So stay tuned to Thanksgiving morning. We find out which turkeys will be chosen for eternal glory. <laughs> and that is this week's episode of Uber Single. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty warm word of mouth. So please tell your friends about us and send them your favorite episode. From the warm, warm bosom of Berwin has been Brian Ernst. 
and from the chilly, windy plains of Irving Park has been... Nathan Hennenfent. And uh, hosting uh, you through this entire episode from the shopping district of the Southport Corridor, I've been Mitch Brinkman, and as BizBear always says, if you don't brine, you can't whine. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.